you not even bust your bubble. Someone was telling me that in the in the Nigerian movie industry, in short, especially in the Yoruba movie industry, there is the left hand side and the right hand side. Forget. <laughs> I want to. I want to need left side at the right is. If you decide now, say ah, you want fund, you want fund one movie. Say you want to one story. Say you want to write a movie. Say like why be director. Forget. If I choose some people from, if I cast some people, if I find cast director, I choose from the right hand side. We know if you choose something from the left hand side. The right hand side we could choose. Let us say like Mama Moyo Logara, because like different clicks, like two major clicks. They like it was so bad that there's a major movie that came out last year that me and Kuni reviewed on this particular podcast and doing a balancing side. The person that played the lead played the lead because it was from a particular side that the director was from. That where one of the person that the director wanted to play the lead was on the left hand side or on the other side, so there was no way to cast it because if not, what go happen? So that's how crazy the Nigerian movie industry is, the Yoruba scene. But anyway, more on that later. Hello, guys, welcome to the Unabalancy podcast. Another episode, another week. It's been, it's been exciting so far, even though we don't have a full house here. I can show up on Monday. The rest of the crew, let me just slept off before even 10 o'clock on Monday. Only God knows what is happening to him these days, but we're glad that he's here. 30 and under 30, it's just 30 under 30. It's <laughs> not 30 under 30. It's, it's, a, it's a serious problem if you are sleeping up before 10 o'clock because you are eight states. Um, Kuna is also in the house, he too was absent on Monday, so it was just it was just crazy. Well, the show was going as I said. So... Let's just dive right into it. Um, it was an exciting weekend for Arsenal fans, especially the Akins of this world, because for all the talk about oh, they so follow, they so follow, the Gunners continue to pull off the impossible and one way or the other, they found the victory against one of the most informed teams in Europe so far. And it proved to be an, a very, very important victory in their quest for their first title since 2004. Yeah, and just the only that they found the victory was like the victory was so convincing. Like it's it's not it's rare that you see a team dominating a three two win. Like it's supposed to be tight, but ultimately the third the third goal was coming. Like from the the moment the hag was like, ah, oh, Fred, just coming. Anthony for out. Two, yeah. like, okay, I'm settling for two two. And that's now we're like, ah, yes, we are not. Like okay, yes, we are that team now. Like teams. Teams fear us, the kind of things we do, and so like we are at home, we have momentum. Like that's not the same phase. Like whatever happens next, so which is solid credit to them. Like, and they have five, they have a five point lead now. They gave me and they placed it in like two weeks. And like the the gap they have right now, like they they can almost afford to lose to City, which is which is something impressive to see. Like it's as simple as that. But there are people that will still tell you that on paper, even according to the bookies, the experts, the analysts, they will tell you that um, LMJ, they will continue to tell you that, oh, City are still the favourites. We've seen them do this before the, oh, the 2018-2019 season and we expect them to also ask, is it because, okay, City have a manager or they have the experience or the know-how because Arsenal simply don't have enough to hold them up? Yeah, I, I think from initially from the beginning of the season, people were constantly saying that Arsenal lacked depth, yadi yadi yadi. But they failed to realize that 
it gets to a point you reset your priorities and obviously obvi obviously i think everybody agrees that the, the english premier league is more important than whatever it is they achieve in the europa league so i've always been one of the firm believers that arsenal has what it takes this season to actually um go far i think initially i was saying they would make top three but along the line I just knew within me that, okay, this might be their season. They have more points at this point of the season than the Visibles had. So, um, I, I think the, the league is theirs to lose. And there's something about this team. is the confidence that they extrude. is the fact that they have that belief, even though they are still a young side. But you can't take it away from Ateta and the side that they've also been playing good football. They've been playing well. And when a team when a team plays well, it is actually difficult for them. Like the mistakes they can make is quite um, minimal. That's that's the word. So I feel the league is just to lose. And considering the fact that um, Man City, we have to agree that Man City is also not at their best. So all those talk about uh, it is it is Arsenal. They would always mess it up. I don't think it's a valid argument because Man City is also not at their best. There's rumor of disunity in their dressing room. We don't know how true that is yet. It's quite unconfirmed. And like, I think the the stars just align for this young Gunners team. Um, we're going to dive. We were supposed to dive deep into the Premier League and everything that happened over the weekend, but it's a toast and a lot of things that happened. There. At least we've seen the. League Cup, the Carabao Cup semi-finals take place. Uh, not just the Carabao Cup, like um, the since he has joined Manchester United for 100 million euros, around 85 million pounds or thereabouts. Mm. Initially, what I thought for Anthony was, okay, he's left-footed, he's very well-footed. If you can contribute half of what we admire contributes for Man City, because I, I don't need to describe on this podcast, like, I'm sure the both of you know what Mares offers City, assists, goals, very direct and every other thing. If you can contribute half, not exactly what Marez does, but half, United have a player on their hands. Yes, and there are reports like, oh, a lot of journalists have come out and said, Man United believe that the reason why they paid their money is not for the player that he is, but the player that he's going to be. But at what, at what point do you start demanding that, okay, we know you're 22 and you, see you have a lot of potential, but you need to start showing us some of that potential now because this one trick pony, all this one leg, one leg, one leg, you no know, assists, Okay, if you don't score, you probably do not play well. Defenders are not even scared of you because they know that he, he lives and he dies by that left leg. At what point, like at what point do other teams go ahead and say, you know what? This like at what point at what point do my United start to demand that we really want more from Anthony? No, I think uh, I think considering um one, we cannot neglect the fee that was paid for him. I think considering the fee that was paid to get the deal over the line, though there was a little bit of urgency and desperation in that deal um, and the pressure that comes with playing for the club. There's no arguing that my United is one of the biggest club, the only club in England to have won the treble. I know a little, a little bit of bias might be in my assessment of him, but I think it would still come good and it just needs, it needs a little bit of adaptation, it needs a little bit of... Um, better decision-making. Uh, he needs to get to the pace of the game. Because I feel I've, I've watched him play before he even 
made the switch to Manchester United. And I know he is a very pacey player. And he just needs to... Um, he just needs a little bit of redirection. That's just the way I see it. And I feel that in due time, it will pay off. It's just the fact that the pressure is much considering the fee, considering the hype that came with signing him. Uh, so I just feel that there's a lot of variables that need to be checked. And for me, I'm giving him the whole of this season. Considering that the team might likely win a trophy and uh, there would be enough time to to correct whatever lapses that, that is left in this team. So I'm just giving him the season and I feel that one way or the other, his transfer fee is weighing much on him. And in due time, it will, it will come good. Um. As the language I was speaking, um, I can snuck it like a thief in the night. <laughs> Even it was good to have him here. And I, I'm sure we would love to we want to brag about the victory of us on Sunday, but I'll come back to him in a bit. Um, clearly, I know that, um, that I, I, at least according to the reports, Eric Hag was the one that pressed my United that, oh, Anthony, you need to get me Anthony, you need to get me Anthony. And it costs almost half the entire summer spend. So I know that um, Bright wants to give him time and take steps to the Premier League, yeah, everything, all that works, blah, 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 and all these things. But at some point, you have to look at the player and be like, please give me something. Like, just give me something. Um, yeah, I think Bright Valley, that was giving him time. And if the point is that United don't want to, don't want to give him time, then it looks like, this doesn't sign, looks like a poor judgment from United, because Anthony is 22. We've seen the kind of thing, the way Anthony plays. Um, when we're at Ajax, like, there's a level of inconsistency to him. Like, it's, he doesn't, he's always on and off. Like, when he's on, he's very on. When he's off, it doesn't really look like stuff is working. Obviously, you can, you can definitely improve in terms of end product and being more direct, not just being flashy and holding up play. Like, that part of his game by discipline and like it doesn't really seem like he's doing it yet. But again, he's young, he's quite inexperienced. It's like his third season in Europe, in playing in Europe. So there's still a lot of room for him to improve as a player. And right, so which which is why to an extent might not have been like the right signing for United or the right first choice signing for United. Like it feels like he needs at least a season to bed in. Before you, before you really get going, like, and ultimately, if it doesn't, a lot of the indictment should lie with Ten Hag because this is this was primarily his decision. Well, um, back to the game against uh, over the weekend between Man United and Arsenal. Um, actually, I'm sure, like some of the other fan, Arsenal fans that I know, as soon as Rashford scored that goal, so people were like, oh, <coughs> some of them were like, oh, nice goal, but we we'll still find a way to beat them. Like, did you feel that way on Sunday that? Regardless of what happens here, it's also collect before they come off for Emirates. Of course, I felt that that way. I mean, <laughs> maybe if you had if you had asked me like maybe um, some years ago, I'll probably say, ah, no, there was no coming back from that. I'll be shocked. I'll be surprised. I'll be like, oh, how did we win? How did we even come back from that? But I was so sure in my heart that oh, we're coming back. I mean, basically the uh, what's it called the new Arsenal. 
as I like to like say, or the Arsenal under Arteta right now, they've been known for coming back. So it's just a matter of time. Or over time, you get used to the fact that these guys will always come back. You get you get that feeling. So it's a feeling that can I don't think it's changing anytime soon. You get what I'm trying to say. Even if things don't go their way at the end of every match, that that is quite similar like that where opponents call first. But at least that belief that oh, you know what, something can still come out of this game, even if it's a point. You understand what I'm trying to say? So that was exactly how I felt that day, and I'm pretty sure a lot of Arsenal fans actually felt that way also. But speaking about the game in general, like the way I see it is that Arsenal at some point in the second half, like you mentioned earlier in the court, Arsenal were the only team that wanted to win and did everything to win. Like what how what kind of victory this kind of victory that the Arsenal players will look at and be like, yeah, I remember when we beat my third way in form at that point. This kind of victory that can spoil them once we tied to us. It's, 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 it's not just it's not just the fact that we beat Manchester United. Don't, don't let us get it wrong. I mean we've played with we've played with Liverpool, we've played with Tottenham. It was just the manner in which we won. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like mm-hmm. we we uh, we 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 go down, we came back. You understand what I'm trying to say? And um, also it was uh, it, it, it there was it was a game of like draw till like the um, was it eighty nine or ninety minutes? I'm not sure where the third goal was scored. So it was that belief that the pressure was mounting. There, there, I mean, there were so many uh, plays that was leading up to that goal. So those were the things to see that. Oh, I mean, we still wanted to like, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, win that game while also also managing play. You know, when when you get to like the last, when you get to ninety minutes and the game and the game is almost coming to an end, like a lot of things can actually happen. So the way we actually manage the game and we also at the same time trying to like score the third goal. So the the the, the balance that was what that was what actually impressed me the whole lot. I mean, it showed that they had do, that uh, what's it called? I mean, they did their homework. I mean, they, they 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 now have like a playing style. They have a style. They have the style they are abiding to. So that it's it's everything. It's everything. It's every, it's all the positives really. So that's just what I. I like. see. And, I still and remember. The day, the start, and at the end of the day, the start actually showed that. I mean, what we are talking about. I still remember this particular episode. Was it after the nineteen twenty or the twenty twenty one season on this pod? After Arsenal finished it, and Aki was like, "Oh, at the time is to be gone." That's the thing that comes with ease now. When you are watching your team and you are not having the ID, IDP. So, you know, you know, that kind of thing. So, but yes, I said that. But let's stick to this season. Yeah, but let's stick to this season now. Like, I know as soon as Gabriel got injured before the World Cup, like he missed the World Cup for Brazil Bro. and stuff like that. And my mindset was I for one did not believe I felt like it was Arsenal did them move like even if you get Mudrick, Arsenal can move into the central position. I wasn't convinced that Eddie Ketia was going to find the goals or find the play to help Arsenal get to that next level. But one way or the other, it seems to be proving his doubters wrong. Like, okay, I'm here and I'm here to stay. Well, honestly, I mean I doubted the guy. I won't lie. I doubted him when they. I doubted when they. I doubted him, him even more when they gave him a new contract. In number fourteen, and they gave him a number fourteen. You understand? But you know, I mean, and this is it right now. I've come to like realize that you know, you, it's not as a fan. It's not everything we see. 
you understand what I'm saying? We are we are a fan for a reason. There's a reason why we we are not some fans that actually go to the stadium or go to the pitch to watch. Or there, there are also some backroom staff or internal staffs that they, I mean, these guys see these people every day. They see the coach sees uh, these guys in training. He sees these players in training. He sees what he sees their potential. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And ever since the guy has actually started, I mean, dropping goals and I mean. His game has changed. I've been like, you know what? From now on, like, I'll just maintain my cool. But then we can't do without all of these things because we are. That's why we are fans. That's what makes football interesting. I mean, when you say, "Oh, this player is not," you, you just you get angry because of our, our, our emotions. But over time, the guy has actually proven us a lot of the fans wrong, and it has actually, in a way, um, proven. It has actually cemented uh, Ateta's, you know, stance when it comes to like uh, managing players or improving uh, players. And honestly, I, like every time you see new things or new stuff that this guy do on the pitch, and you're impressed. For me, I'm impressed. I always say, oh, I, I always remember the time I was always criticizing them, and I tell them, oh, sorry. Oh. And I also call some friends out, some fans out too on Twitter. That, oh, guy, we have to apologize. We have to apologize for this guy. I mean, he's not just educator. I always felt like Odegaard didn't have the flair for football. <laughs> you understand? What? Yeah, a lot of players. I mean, that's, that's but, blasphemy. But, very, yeah. very, very, very erroneous no, statement to me. In, in, no, in his, no, in, in, during the long days, that's what I felt. I felt he didn't have that. Like, you know, how people, you know, how you, there's a, you see, you might not be the most skillful player on the pitch or in any way, but. You just yeah, you just have this flair. Love exactly. That. Okay, you see, that's that's. I think that was the debate I had with a, a, a friend who's an Arsenal fan too. Because that time he used to argue with me for some reason that I must be throwing better than Odegaard because he used to work hard or run faster. And I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. yeah, I want your name to mount. No, that's the thing. No, really, really, honestly, eh, like when you, I like the fact that you mentioned that uh, Messi mount. Like you now, you now realize that these guys were just. The, 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 the like it's not no really it's not just about the the work rate anymore. It's not lo- it's no. Let's forget outdoor. See, hard I, work, I, I work. see. I even believe that when it comes to footballing, like okay, actually, some of us to an extent in this podcast play football. I won't live with you. I play football when I'm in football. I know that I can coach MSC at some point in investing. Even though they were chopping beating or not, if you are playing, like you are playing, say, like that attacking machine behind the striker and everything, I don't want you to be running up and down like a headless chicken. If I give you the ball, go and use it. And the reason why people, people are behind you walking up and down like a Jackie, use the ball and make better use of it. All this idea of, oh, this guy can play football more than this guy because he's always running at 90 miles per hour. What is he running for? Yeah, I said, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, buttressing your point, Wally, I think one of the things that would have helped Asna was if they were able to uh, make the Danny Ceballos deal permanent. Like, Asna would have been a beast. I can say it anywhere. And I was always I was always amaring that. You see this Ceballos and this Odegaard guy that you guys bought. You guys don't know what you just got on your hand. And they, they, some of their fans were, they kept saying Emitro was better because he was running 1,000 meters in your boat. I was like, yeah, 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 can you go on him? I mean, you're saying to me like, I'm going to do it. You are right, though. You are right. In fact, you, you, 
what you just said was was exactly the perception of all the Arsenal fans, including myself. But after a while, uh, I think it was in second season, I discovered that, you know what, there are some certain players that you play with that that would, in a way, make you shine. Like, like they will leave your game. Like, yeah, they will yeah, leave your game. You, you get what I'm trying to say? They, they would, they, then, then people start seeing your game. Like, if, if you play with certain players that are very, very, I mean... It was it was then I discovered that you know then you could see that people were ailing uh, Lacazette because he, he held on to the ball. But really, looking at the Arsenal that I have now, Lacazette was I don't know. It doesn't fit that. It doesn't fit that standard at all. Really, it doesn't fit that play. And please, they're enjoying me, Leon. Please. See, this is the thing, yeah. Depends on the certain players that you play with. And I mean, if you play with some very nice player, you share my Like the same thing with with Shaka. Like this guy, Asenwenga was the first person that actually saw that Shaka was like a it was was a number eight, was a box to box player. But mm-hmm. every coach that came after Asenwenga. Excluding Atetana that has realized that oh come this guy is a box to box show. Uh, these guys were just using him as a DM, 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 and the guy was not performing. And in the eyes of the fans, we felt like Saka was a was a waste. He didn't. Was he didn't have gone. Gone. There was a period that you guys were fighting. It was Saka versus Arsenal fans. Was do you guys even know the level of ballers that you that baller no, that you guys have in your no, hand? No, no, like, no. Sorry. Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry for cutting you, uh, uh, Bright. See, out of all the players I've criticized, I think Shaka is the only player I never criticized because Asenga bought him, and the time that Asenga bought him, there was something I liked about the guy: the fact that he could actually throw diagonal pass from the comfort of wherever he was. You get what I'm trying to say? So I mm-hmm. like that about him. But over time, after Asenga, the coaches that made use of him were just using him wrongly, and right now he's giving a role that. Is excelling perfectly in. So at times it depends on the setup of the team and the caliber of players that a player, a particular play that we hate, plays with, and also the coach to see certain things. You know, we see things differently, and same is is the same with certain coaches too. So yeah, and fans also because of that, we don't we always look, we always looking forward to like game uh, the next games. Like oh okay, we don't care about oh things leading up to that or probably what the coach has seen in training and stuff like that and a whole lot of people a lot of people actually fans need to also understand like set aside biases and really really understand football positions and roles of players in like in, in a game because that way you would be able to see oh this player is playing this this player is able to do this oh he's, he's delivering on what he's supposed to do or again so yeah I've been guilty and I, I can say it perfectly I can say it out now that yes I've seen the light. It's, it's nice to see that it's, it's all good times in, um, in uh, at the Emirates. Long way continue. Um, well, I don't this this newfound hate for the Premier League. I don't understand it because they are saying that oh, Premier League is spending money. Like people from journalists, a few journalists in Syria are complaining. Um, uh, most of Galliani, who is the new chief executive for Monza, is complaining. We've seen a few people in Spain complain that oh, what are the Super League before? They said no, Open League is already Super League. Look at all Bournemouth is spending, Connors and Forest are spending. And my point, my point here is okay, the Premier League are not doing money laundry. They didn't collect money from JP Morgan. They, they, didn't, <laughs> they, they, they are generating their income 
people are coming in to invest in the league. Uh, TV rights is increasing. They are making the money and they are sharing the TV rights. Some at least fifty percent of the TV rights is shared equally. There's a lot of revenue to go around for the teams to spend and do well. So and to not make matters worse, I saw a picture today of when um, Syria was Syria back in the nineties, and Syria bought all the most expensive players in the world, and they were playing in the league. And now, even to this moment, I will talk about the Premier League. Barcelona and Real Madrid still have a bigger pool than most of the teams in the Premier League. So where is this hit in Premier League coming from? Because some of people say, oh, UEFA needs to do something. Okay, UEFA needs to do something as per what? Like, go, go to the Premier League back account and be like, hey, give me the money that's inside. Let's take it to you. I want to take it to Italy. Because it's not the Premier League that says corruption should be um, happening in Italy and it should be in empty stadiums. It's not the Premier League that said there should be financial mismanagement in Spain. And the other league should be going to their struggles because this is beginning to feel like hate to me. Yeah, to an extent, I I don't even mind criticism of spending money because to an extent the money is a bit much. The issue is that the reason why these leagues are criticizing Premier League that they also they don't want to spend like Premier League, but they don't have the money. It's not like there's some moral clinical like it is particularly telling with um, La Liga and the because. Anytime people see an issue, you cannot bully or pay off. It starts to look for some legal ramifications somehow. Because basically, he did the same thing last uh, at the start of this season, where it was like, yes, um, is there a way they can sue? La Liga can sue PSG and Mbappe because they signed the contract. Like, okay, so what is that? Like, how does that even make sense? And as we've seen with Syria, you can tell, okay, yes, there's a difference between a league that knows how to generate and manage money. And the league that does not, because honestly, Syria has not recovered from the scandal of 2006, and they've been more scandal since then. Like you can tell with their stadium sittings and everything, like like half at about 40 percent of their stadiums are empty mm-hmm. in their games. Like you can tell, they are not making enough money. And let's say you can um, in 2020, in French league signed a fraudulent deal with um, with what's the name again? With the TV company that didn't pan out, so they basically ran into debt. You can tell you, yes, there's a lot of mismanagement here. Ultimately, the only league that is that can hold its own is the Bundesliga because you understand that it's not spending above its means. If it's not going to get extra revenue, it's not going to mind. So, to an extent, yes, there's a reason, there's a valid reason for people to look at the Premier League and why they are the but, way they're spending money, but it's not, but it's, if, not from even, this, it's not from these leagues, these other leagues. Okay, but even if you are looking at Premier League spending money, what's the solution? Do you want to go and restrict their money making venture? Do you want to go and padlock their revenue and be like, oh, stop generating income and make the rest of us look bad? Uh, ultimately, the only solution that can come for the uh, that you want to stop the Premier League from spending money is this kind of thing that will also affect those other top four leagues because exactly the only way this season makes sense is if the if the money is distributed to all those other leagues below. Dutch leagues, Portuguese leagues, it's not going to be there because La Liga and the rest also have a lot of money. They're just not wise with it. The way they've spent it has not made any sense. It's as simple as that. Um, Elementary, we thought Juventus um, um, issue when they swapped Pianic and um, Otto was the problem initially when this investigation started. But apparently, they've been doing it for a while. They reflect <laughs> the value of players. They influence the value of players, they bring them in, whether it's true swap deal or what have you, they come in and they're like, Oh, this player is worth 80 million. And they put it in the books, I got 80 million. They've been doing it for a while, 
and they've been investigated by the Ivory found guilty. But recently, a prosecutor decided, okay, I'm going to take this thing very serious. And they went to court and they found that, okay, this is crazy mismanagement. You mentioned that they handled the 50% reduction for those that don't know. But that's not even the for what's part about now because eventually I've decided they're going to appeal. There's also the, a criminal case that is, that, that is going to come up in the month of March. Because to, as long as the Italian Federation is concerned or the government is concerned, this is fraud of the first order. You guys have found a way to cook your books. There's people are like, oh, Doom is not illegal. They are not, they are just smart about it. There's someone reminded them and said, when Verona did this in 2021 season, they were deducted too many points and they got relegated. Why should the rules be any different for defenses? Well, I guess that what happens when you are running a club like an oligarch, or you are running a league like an oligarch. Uh, in the Spanish La Liga, they run it like a monarch, where two people just sit down on TV revenue, but they have, they think they have the right to complain about a league that runs their league like a real business. And <clears throat> I think we, we dedicated a whole episode on the misconduct, the, the mismanagement, uh, the misappropriation and direction of funds that happened in Juve. And it goes deep into the roots of this club. I would try not to say too much because Juve even tried to forge the books with their cryptocurrency dealing. Something that is not forgeable. Something that is... They tried try is... to, try to forge in them Italian license or like they try to force that one that okay, yes, he's, he has learned Italian. He can come and play for Juventus. Like, <laughs> like, what kind of fraud is that? Like, like, they falsified the books to the extent whereby players had to inflate their wages. Like, you yeah. say, okay, oh, most 120 less of me, but mass of me, but you pay 300 less of me. So that's emily. <laughs> like, like, like some very outrageous financial crimes that are criminal, like, they're asinine in nature. So, can you ask now? No, can you say so, brother? So, like, and if you look at, it's kind of historical. When you look at the way from their match fixing scandal, it just goes to show that there's something actually fundamentally wrong with the way they want things in Italy. I'm, I'm like respect to every Italian, but look at look at the way um, Ageli and if you don't say, even if you don't say respect, even if you, uh, the the talk about AC Milan by the Elliot management is under investigation. And you're like, okay, the entire league is rigged of is rigged with corruption, and you are <laughs> just another league that oh. Like, it just goes to show, like, when I knew that, okay, this, this thing, this shit was going to blow all over the roof, was when Nedved, the old board, beside Muni, ah, 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 so, so it's almost inevitable that some people would actually have to go to jail. Like some people really need to go to jail because just slapping them with a fifteen point penalty, they were not going to make the Champions League before. They were they were terrible on the pitch. So that is not punishment. That's not punishment enough when you ask me. Guys, in terms, I want to ask one question. Though. Sorry, maybe not go for answer concerning this issue. Actually, do you think like that is actually responsible for their performance recently? 
do you think he had he played the, he played a, a role in their performance? All this uh, internal what's it called that's been happening. I don't I don't I don't necessarily think so. At some point they started to, even before this case went to court or before this jurisdiction, at some point they started to win games. They went on this Allegri mode and in typical Allegri mode, they winning some games one three two one zero two one, and they started to like they found their way to win. In terms of in terms of for for instance, like the kind of players they got, mm-hmm. like I mean, and the fact that they they they, they were uh, they, they would need a high profile player to be able to do what they did. Have you thought about it like that? You know that one of the I think one of the things that we value for Juventus struggles is that Juventus have quality players, but if you if you spend an entire season or half of an entire season without players like Kiesa, Kampa, Blessing Bema struggling to injuries on and out field and every other like players like that, Jimaria that you signed has also been injured, Dusan Vlaovic has been in and out of the team as well. You would have your struggles. Like you would definitely have your struggles as well. So when this player starts to come back into full fitness, you get better for it. So I don't necessarily think that was like the financial issues with the source of their problem. It's just that this financial issues really they manage this entire thing has limited them. We're wondering why Juventus could not sign some players in the summer. Like they were trying to sign Paredes that PH were getting rid of. They went to pick Pogba on a free. They were picking, they sold Matisse the league and they signed the in Bremer from Torino. Like they were selling some players. We're wondering, okay. Why are Juventus not going for it? Why are they not challenging Inter AC and Napoli for the title? Why are they not challenging the big boys in Europe for the Champions League? I, I'm sure deep down, Agnelli and Nedved and, and Kupavi looked at the books and they were like, ah, this thing goes soon, this thing goes soon scatter. Let's start selling the best that we can sell and find a way to start bringing money back, if not. And apparently that even still didn't work. And they're still in the same troubles. But in terms of players that they have on the pitch, I still believe that they have better players than they are doing work. Mm. Okay.